0: gives us a reason to shout, a reason to sing, a reason to smile, certainly giving us a reason to be here. I don't know about you, but I look forward to Wednesday nights and just an opportunity to come in the middle of the week and be refreshed. Amen. You know, the weeks can be long and tiring. The weeks can be filled with a lot of heartache and headache, and it's just good to come into the house of God and just be refreshed with praise and worship and with the presence of the lord tonight the the title of my message is be the candle and it's based on Matthew 5 verses 14 to 16 i felt led to continue where i had kind of started a few weeks ago in regards to uh, evangelism and and being everything that God has called us to be. But before we even get started with that, let's go ahead and just pray one more time. Ask the Lord to anoint me and, and anoint you as well. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for this day. It is the day that you have made, God, and we rejoice and we're glad in it. I know that our day, Father, could be have been filled with heartache and headache, with trials and tribulations or sadnesses and sorrows. But I praise you, Father God, that you are in this place and we're in your place tonight. We're in your presence, God, and you've come to meet with us. You've come to speak with us. You've come to challenge us, to heal us, touch us, restore us. Whatever our need is, God, you're here tonight to meet that need. But, Father, I'm the first to confess that I need you this evening, God. I need your anointing and your Holy Spirit. I need you to touch my mind, my mouth, my body, God, that uh, I'd be able to speak with clarity and understanding, Lord God, under your anointing. And I pray the same for your people, God, that they'd be able to concentrate on you, Father, this evening. And that they would be able to hear your words and receive them with gladness against every hindering spirit, every distracting and disrupting spirit. Every, every, anything that would try to raise itself above you, God, this evening, we just rebuke. And we ask that you would take your rightful place in your house and on the throne of our heart. We praise you and give you the glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Tonight, like I said, I want to continue where I left off a few weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago, in Matthew chapter 5, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, uh, where He calls us the salt of the earth, which we've already looked at, and He also calls us the light of the world. It's actually in Matthew chapter 5, where Christ calls us into ministry with Him. Remember, this is His first public sermon And it's where he calls us to be ministers of the gospel. It's where he sets us apart, I believe, from the rest of the world when he says that we are the salt of the earth. And he says we are the light of the world. And it's where he makes a distinction between us who call ourselves Christians and those who are lost in this world. I know I've been on this or preached on this a couple of weeks already. But I believe we've always got to be reminded that the most important part of our faith is outlined in these few verses where he talks about salt and he talks about light. You see, the reality is the most important part of our faith lies in the fact that we are all called to be his witnesses. Amen. Called to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Called to be salt and called to be light to everyone, everywhere. Amen. And that's what I'm going to focus on a little bit more this evening, because the reality is... Uh, when we all get to heaven, God won't be nearly as impressed with uh, uh, how many times you came to church or, uh, or, how many times you served in ministry, or really even how much money you gave to the kingdom, as He will be with how many souls you saved, or how many disciples you made, or how many lives you changed under the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's that's what God will be impressed with. You see, He's not going to be nearly as impressed with how many times you came into His house if you never took what you you found in His house out there into a lost and dying world, and that's what. I want to talk about this evening. I believe with all of my heart that one of the first questions that we will be asked when we stand before the Lord is, were you salt and were you light? I believe one of the first questions that we will be asked is whether or not we were a mouthpiece for Jesus Christ. Whether or not we carried the cross of Jesus into, a, into the highways and the byways of a lost and a dying world. And, and we need to always be reminded of that church. I believe we need to be kicked in the, in the, in the uh, hind side uh, uh, every now and then in order to, to get ourselves out there into the middle of a lost and dying world. I think sometimes we find it very comfortable. I've already preached, uh, shining in the house of God. But God has called us the light of the world, not the light of the church. He called us the light of the world, and we need to shine our light out there. I believe one of the very first questions that we will be asked is, Were you an influence for good and an influence for God in the midst of a dark and dying world? President Woodrow Wilson told a story which I believe reflects this message very well, and we'll have it up on the screen, when he said this, I was in a very common place. I was sitting in a barber chair when I became aware that a personality had entered the room. A man had come quietly in upon the same errand as myself to have his hair cut and sat in the chair next to me. Every word the man uttered, though it was not in the least designed to instruct, showed a personal interest in the man who was serving him. Before I got through with what was being done for me, I was aware that I had attended an evangelistic service because Mr. D.L. Moody, an American evangelist, was in that chair next to me. President Wilson goes on to say, I purposely lingered in the room after he had left and noticed the singular effect that his visit had brought upon the barber shop. They talked in undertones. They didn't know his name, but they knew that something had elevated their thoughts. I felt that I left that place as I should have left the place of worship. My admiration and esteem for Mr. Moody became very deep indeed because of his influence in that place, in that very common place, in a barber's chair. And this is precisely what Jesus is teaching us in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. He's talking about influence. He's talking about how you and I, who are called the, the sons and daughters of God, are to have a positive effect. On this world, how we are to have an effect in a positive way. You see, here in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is saying, you who are sons and daughters of the kingdom of God, you who, who call yourselves sons and daughters of the most high God, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world and you have been called to influence the world for good and for God. You see, the reality is, I don't care how long we've been in the faith, if we've not been an influence for good and an influence for God, we've really done nothing for the kingdom. We can be saved and say that we've been saved and part of the family of God for 50 years, but if we have never been salt and we have never been light, in my opinion, we've wasted 50 years. We can be in the house of God and in part of the family of God for 5 years, 15 years, 20 years, but if you've never let your light shine, you've never done the will of God. If we've never been a mouthpiece for Christ or for the cross, then we've never done the will of God. You see, what you and I have to understand is that we will be measured, I believe, with all of my heart by how much light we've let loose on a dark and dying world. And this is what I want to talk to you about this evening. The question is, are we salt and are we light? Are we a a positive influence on the common places of society? You see, that's a strong and powerful statement that was made by D.L. Moody. He was an influence in a very common place. He changed the very atmosphere and the environment of a barber shop just by the Spirit and the light that he carried into that place. You see, I want you to know that even a barber shop is filled with darkness. Even a beauty salon is filled with darkness. Everywhere you and I go, the Word of God says is filled with darkness. And it's our role to shine the light of Christ upon that deep, dark place. I wonder how many times someone's soul is lifted after you left a barber shop. I wonder how many times somebody's soul was elevated to a higher place after you left the beauty salon, after you got your nails done and your toenails done, after you left the grocery store or after you left a restaurant. I wonder how many lives have been changed just because you and I were there. the reality is if they've not been changed, we're not doing what we've been called to do. The reality is we can put a big smile on our face in the house of God and act all that. But unless we're doing it out there, we've not done anything for the kingdom of God. And this is what Jesus is telling us when he says, you are the light of the world. You and I are to have the same impact on society as D.L. Moody did. You see, we've got to let our light shine in the common places, in the everyday, everywhere places of life, and not just in the house of God. This is what you and I have to understand. Your commonplace is different than my commonplace. Some of you work in a hospital. Some of you work at a school. Some of you work at a gas station. Some of you work at a barber salon. Some of you work in a law office. Some of you work in very many different places. Some of you clean houses. But every single one of those places need the light of Jesus Christ to shine. Amen? And this is what Jesus is calling us to do. Years ago... Elihu Barit, a Christian philanthropist in the 1800s, wrote something similar. He said, no human being can come into this world without increasing or diminishing the sum total of human happiness. Not only of the present, but of every subsequent age of humanity. He said, no one can detach himself from this connection or from this cause. There is no sequestered spot in the universe, no dark niche along the disk of non-existence to which he can retract from his relations or retreat from his relations to others. No place where he can withdraw the influence of his existence upon the moral destiny of this world. He goes on to say that everywhere his presence or absence will be felt. Everywhere he will have companions who will either be better or worse because of him. Because he was there. It is an old saying, says Barrett, and one of the fearful and fathomless statements of import is that we are forming characters for eternity every single day. Every single day, you and I have been called to be salt. Every single day you and I have been called to be light. Every single day we have been called to make a difference in someone else's life. Every single day we've been called to be fishers of men. Every single day in every place we go, we have been called to make disciples. It's the highest call. I've already preached this and taught you this, but I want you to understand that that call applies to every common place we will find ourselves. There's no place we can go this man said and scripture says the same thing where we will not have a positive or negative influence on the people around us in our lives you see it's a hard thing to to, to think on sometimes 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 it's a, a responsibility that we might not like to have placed upon our shoulders but the reality is the reality is this that everyone around us will be better or worse because of us. Everyone in our lives, in our family, in our workplace, in, in church, in, in, in our circle of acquaintances, everyone will be better or worse because we were there. So the question is, are the people in our lives better or worse because we were there? Are we shining or are we not? The reality is, listen, you can't make any difference in anyone's life unless you're willing to shine. You can't make any difference in anyone's life unless you're willing to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. The reality is nothing else about our faith matters if we haven't been an influence for good and haven't been an influence for God. Nothing else matters if we have not answered the call of Christ upon our lives, which is to make disciples of everyone everywhere church to form characters for eternity, to have a positive influence on the lives of those individuals around us. It's what the Great Commission is all about. It's about being salt. It's about being light. And the reality is, if there was ever a time that society needed some salt, it's today. If there was ever a time where our nation and our society, our government, our schools, any area of our society that I can mention tonight, if there was ever a time that they needed the light of Christ to shine upon them, it's today, church. Now, our society is filled with wickedness from generation to generation, it gets darker and more disgusting. And we need light to shine upon it. And not just any light. We need the light of Christ to be loosed upon a dark and dying world. And Jesus said, guess what? You are that light. I am that light. You are that salt and I am that salt. We can't put it off on anyone else. If you call yourself a Christian, Jesus called you salt. If you call yourself a Christian, Jesus called you light. If you call yourself a Christian, Jesus put a responsibility on you. And He put a responsibility on me. Not just because I stand up here behind a pulpit. Not because I've got the title pastor before my name. It's because I call myself a Christian. And every Christian should be salt. And every Christian should be light. And every Christian should make a difference in the common places of life. And if we don't, there's something wrong with our faith. If we don't, and if we're not, there's something about our faith that needs to be examined, church. Listen, the question is, are we? Are we making disciples? Are we forming lives? Are we shining our light? When Jesus issued the Great Commission to go into all the world, this is exactly what he was calling us to do. To leave this world a better place because we were in it. To leave your workplace a better place because you were in it. To leave your school or your, your campus a better place because you were in it. To leave your marriage and your household and your family a better place because you were part of it, church. To, to make the people around you better people because we had a, a positive influence in their life. Because for a brief moment in history, we disturbed the darkness that was surrounding them. And we allowed the light of Christ to make a difference in their lives. That's what it's all about, church. You see, without light, you can't disrupt the darkness. Without light, you can't disturb the devil. Without light, you're not going to upset Satan. Without the light, I want you to understand that that you can't oppose hell. Without the light of heaven and the light of Christ operating in your life, you can't send demons running and you can't send demons to fight and you can't take authority over every unclean, dark spirit of destruction that enters into your life or the life of those around you. It is the light of Christ that Dispels the darkness. And if you're not shining the light, you'll be overtaken by that darkness yourself. Not only those around you, but darkness will overtake you as well. You know that little, little children's song, This Little Light of Mine, I'll Let It Shine. You know, we got six-year-olds and seven-year-olds that know how to shine better than we do. We got little kindergartners that know how to shine the light of Christ better than we do. They're not ashamed to to say, I love Jesus. They're not ashamed to jump up and sing. They're not ashamed to clap their hands. They're not ashamed to talk about Jesus out there in in a lost and dying world. But we're all that, so we can't do that. But Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. And when he said it, he placed a responsibility upon us, church. I believe one of the biggest problems with modern Christianity is that we have become so self-centered that we don't think about others anymore. We become so focused on me, myself, and I that we have lost sight of those that have need. We're so consumed with our own needs, church, that we don't think about the need of others. The, the, the Christian marketplace today, look, look at it. The Christian marketplace is so filled with so many self-help books about how I can be blessed and how I can have success and how I can prosper and how I can have a Cadillac and how I can have all my bills paid and how I can have peace and joy and happiness. It's all about me, myself, and I. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being blessed. There's nothing wrong with prospering. There's nothing wrong with having the good things of God in your life. But if it causes you to forget about the lost, if it gets your eyes off eternity, if it causes you to forget about the high call of Christ upon your life, those blessings are out of place. God doesn't bless us so we can just bless ourselves. God blesses us so we can bless others, church. He does things for us so we can tell the world He can do something for them as well. Sometimes I think there's way too many of those self-help books out there. There's not enough books about the cross. There's not enough books about the, the lost. There's, there's not enough preaching anymore about the, the good old gospel of Jesus Christ that tells a lost and dying world there's a way to, to heaven. We've got to, we've got to change our focus, I believe. I, I believe sometimes we're so focused on the temporal that we've forgotten about the eternal. Listen, I had to ask myself, when's the last time you thought about eternity? When's the last time you thought that right now, this moment, at the, in, in an instant, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that it all could be over, that the trumpet could sound and we could find ourselves standing before the Lord? When's the last time you thought about the fact that your coworker could be entering the gates of hell today or entering the gates of heaven? That your, your lost loved ones could have to stand before the Lord In a a moment, in in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye and have to give an account, church, for for their life. When's the last time we thought about eternity? Because we're so wrapped up in the temporal church, we've got to get our eyes focused on the right thing. The reality is we become so focused on things that are passing away that we forget about the things that are coming. There is coming a day of judgment. There's coming a day of wrath. There's coming a day when the clouds will roll back. There's coming a day when Jesus will ride in on a white horse and He will bring judgment upon all those that have rejected Him. There is coming a day when what we call time will pass away and it will be no more and forever we will either be with God or we will forever be separated from God. When's the last time we thought about eternity, church? I think if we thought about eternity more, we wouldn't allow a day to go by before we tried to shine the light. We wouldn't allow a day to go by without telling somebody about Jesus Christ, without leading somebody to the cross, without opening up in our mouths and sharing the good news of the gospel. There wouldn't be a day that goes by, church, that we would, uh, that we would bypass our opportunity To be light or to have influence over someone's life. But that's where we are. In my opinion, the church in America has turned so inward that it has lost its outward influence over our society. The sad reality is the United States of America has now become one of the top three mission fields to the other countries of the world. Why? Because we're not shining like we used to. Because our light isn't shining because the salt has lost its savor, church. Yeah, we're sending individuals out uh, overseas, but the rest of the world has recognized that the United States of America isn't shining like it used to shine. It understands that the house of God itself isn't doing what it used to, so they're sending missionaries over here trying to get us resaved and trying to revive us because we're not shining like we used to. Because we're not stepping out of the house of God and letting our light so shine before men that they can see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven, church. Because something's happened with the the gospel that that, that we cling to. That we're no longer evangelistic in our spirit. We're no longer willing to reach out past the, the church pews to touch a life or to change a life or to influence a life. We're content and we're happy to sit in the, the bright lights of a of a church instead of going out into the highways and the byways where God has called us. But listen to me. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth in Matthew five, thirteen. And in Matthew five, fourteen to sixteen, he goes on to say, You are the light of the world. He says, A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people Light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that everyone in the house can see. In verse 16, he says, in the same way, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And if you break this down, what he's saying is he's saying that every single one of you that call yourself Christian, you are to let your light so shine before men that they can see the character of Christ in your life. So that they can see the culture of the kingdom that has been cultivated in your life. And when they see that, guess what the Bible says will happen? They will glorify our Father which is in heaven. You want this world to turn to Jesus? Turn on the light. You want the world to turn to Jesus? Get a little salty. You want this world to glorify the Father? Then begin to cultivate the culture of the kingdom in your life. Begin to turn on the light of Christ. Begin to separate and distinguish yourself from the rest of this world. You see, you can't touch the world if you're walking around in darkness. You can't change the world if you're filled with darkness yourself. you got to let the light of Christ touch your life so that, that it might touch the life of someone else. Let your light so shine before men so that they might see the character of Christ in you and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Once again in this passage, Christ makes very clear our call to be His witness, church. He makes very clear our responsibility to turn our faith outward into this world and not just inward into the church. He said to let our light shine before men so that they can see God. And not like so many... think they see God today. Oh, I see God in the trees and I see God in nature and I see God in the butterfly that that flies by and in the flower that grows in the valley. Yeah, you can see God in that, but that's got nothing to do with what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they might see me in you. And that they might see me in you, and you, and you, and you. Let your light so shine before men that they might see God in you, and see God in me. He said, you are the salt of the earth. He said, you are the light of this world. He didn't say the sun and the moon and the stars were the light of the earth. He said, you who call yourself a Christian, you are the light of the earth. You can shine brighter than the sun. You can shine brighter than the moon. You can be a greater reflection of my glory than anything else that I have created. You are the light of the world. And unless your light is shining, the world can't see me. Unless your light is shining, the world can't find me. Unless Your light is shining. The world won't know me. That's why he said you are the light of the world. Because we're the one that has to shine bright. We're the one that that enables the world to see God, church. The very first characteristic of light that I want us to look at tonight, and I'm not going to be able to look at a lot of them, probably just look at one. But the very first characteristic of light that I want us to look at tonight is the fact that light simply enables people to. To see light enables people to see where they're going light enables people to see what they're doing light enables people to see what lies ahead and what is right at hand. Light allows us to come into proper contact with our surroundings no matter where we are. You know, as well as I do, when you find yourself in a dark room, you find yourself doing this and not being able to come into proper contact with those things that are around you. I want you to understand that that's the same way uh, we live our lives spiritually. There's a world out there that, that can't come into proper contact with its Creator. It can't come into proper contact with its surroundings, its walking walking in darkness and it's walking in despair and it's walking in depression and it's walking with no direction because they're walking and living in the dark. And God said, I need someone to rise up and shine a little light in that dark place. I want you to understand there's people at your workplace walking in darkness and they need a little bit of light to show up at that workplace. There's some at your your school or your campus or even in your household that need a little bit of the light of Christ to, to shine the way so that they might see. That's the first characteristic of light church. It enables people to see how many of you know without light, you can't get very far in the dark. I don't know about you, but I'd never drive my do- my car in the dark without the lights on. I-, I-, I don't try to do very much work in the dark without the lights on. Because I'll probably end up in the hospital or I'll end up making a mess out of what I'm supposed to be doing because without light, you can't see. That's what you need to understand. Without light, there is no color. Without light, there is no vision. Without light, there is no direction. Without light, there is no way to determine the depth of anything without light. I want you to understand that without light, there is always a degree of seclusion and separation from everything that's around you. Anytime you're in a dark place, you feel secluded and you feel separated. You cannot come into proper contact with those things that are around you, church. Without light, you can't see where you're going. Without light, you can't see what you're doing. Without light, you can't see where you're standing and you can't see what's up ahead. The reality is without light, you simply just can't see. And so what we need to understand is this is exactly why Jesus called us to shine the light before a world. Because we're filled, this world is filled with individuals that can't see. Spiritually they can't see beyond their nose spiritually they can't see that they're headed in the wrong direction spiritually they can't see the dangers and they can't see the pitfalls and they can't see the snares and they can't see the traps they can't see the schemes that the devil has has laid out for their destruction church they just can't see how do they see not magically they see because you and I answer the call of Christ to turn on the light they see because you and I are willing to let our light shine before men so that they can see, church. It's exactly why Jesus said this. We need to understand that every area of our life, every segment of our society, every common place that we are part of in life is filled with individuals who are blinded by the lies of Satan. They're blinded by the seduction of sin. They're blinded by the wickedness of this world. And the only way they will find freedom, the only way that they will find truth, The only way that they will find the way, the only way that they will find life and life more abundantly is if you and I are the light of the world. If you and I are willing to shine in those dark places of our society. You see, the reality is this world will never see the way. They'll never come to the truth and they will never find life unless we, who are called by His name, We who call ourselves sons and daughters of the Most High God are willing to let our light shine in the dark places of this world instead of hiding behind church walls, instead of sitting in a church pew. The only way this church will will ever, the only way this world will ever find Jesus Christ is if we take the church that's in here and take it out there. Listen, the, the Holy Spirit has con, been convicting me of this lately. This, this is just a place where, where we gather together to worship God. But this is not our ministry field. This is not where we answer the call of Christ upon our lives. It's in the workplace. It's out in that dark, dying world. And we need to understand that, church. The world needs someone to shine the light of Christ upon their crooked path just like the light of Christ shone upon Saul of Tarsus' path. You remember that story, and I'm not going to preach that whole thing. But you remember Saul of Tarsus became Paul. Why did he become Paul? How did he become the greatest author, the great, the greatest New Testament author there was? How did he become the greatest mouthpiece for Jesus Christ recorded in Scripture? It's because the light of Christ shone upon his life. It's because his eyes were open, church. And Jesus is saying the same thing. Listen, you are the light of the world. You are the light of Christ. You know the light of the, light of the world is, is Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying. We have to shine Christ everywhere we go. So that someone's life can be transformed just like Saul's was. So someone's life can be changed just like Saul was. So someone's crooked path can be made straight. Please understand, it was no coincidence that, that, that Jesus told Saul or God told Saul to go to straight street in order to find recovery. He was on a crooked path, but God wanted to make His path straight. It's no coincidence that, that Ananias' name means the grace of God. You see, the reality is, there's a world out there that's walking a crooked path, and it'll never be made straight until you shine the light of Christ. There's a world out there that's dying in darkness that needs to taste of the grace of God. And the only way they will is if we feed it to them, if we give it to them, if we offer it, to them, if we lead them through the light of Jesus Christ. You see, the reality is you and I would still be out there on a crooked path if someone didn't shine the light. Amen? If someone wasn't willing to rise up and be what God has called them to be. There's a world out there that's dying. There is a a harvest. Scripture says the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. We'd rather sit at the table and let someone else do the work. Let someone else reap the harvest. But God has called us to be light. He's called us to be salt. He's called us to be witnesses. He's called us to be fishers of men. He's called us to go make disciples. Church, and we cannot ignore that call. Amen. This world is wandering in spiritual darkness. They're lost. They're blind. Just like we were. Every single one of us. Once we're lost, but now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. And the only reason we see is because the light of Christ at some place, some time, was shown into our lives. Because someone was willing to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether it was the pastor, a friend, a family member, doesn't matter who it was, but someone stepped up and shone the light of Jesus Christ upon our lives. And we have to do the same exact thing. Please understand, the reality is this world is filled with individuals that are going the wrong way. They're traveling the wrong path. They're making all the wrong choices and all the wrong decisions. They're taking all of the wrong turns, church. And the road that they're on leads only to destruction. The Bible says, "...there is a way that seems right to many, but its end leads only to destruction." There's a path that the people are following that seems right and it seems safe and it seems secure. But at the end of that road, they find themselves thrown against the rocks of destruction. Why? Because someone didn't shine the light. Because someone didn't light the way. Because someone was not a light up on a hill in order to lead them to safety church. This world needs a lighthouse set high upon a hill so that the world can find its way to safety. This world needs a light set high upon the hill so they can see what lies ahead. So they can make the right decisions and make the right choices and make the right turn. So they can avoid the heartache and the headache that the devil has prepared for them in their darkness. See, that's what you have to understand Is that destruction takes place in darkness. Safety takes place in the light. That's why we have to shine the light. We're the lighthouse that this world needs. And it does you no good. Please understand, it does you no good to just shine in here. It does you no good. What what, what good would it do to just shine your light in here? Use yourself up in here. And then walk out back to a dark, dark place. And not have any influence. God wants us to have an influence out there in the world. Amen. Paul says in Philippians 2.15 that we are to live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a dark world full of crooked and perverse people. Please understand, according to this passage of Scripture, there's a specific place God wants you to shine and he doesn't say it's in the house of God. Now listen, that doesn't mean you can't come into the house of God all, all happy and excited like we did tonight. Absolutely, I want to shine in the house of God. But please understand, according to this passage of Scripture, Jesus is saying, I want you to shine in the darkness. I want you to shine in this dark world that is filled with perverse people. I want you to shine in this world that is filled with people that are following a crooked path. That's where I want you to shine. That's where I want you to be salt. That's where I want you to be light. That's where I want you to have influence. That's where I want you to cast your nets. That's where I want you to make a difference out there in a dark, dying world. Listen, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, God calls us to shine. He calls us to shine with integrity. He calls us to shine with purity. He calls us to shine with honesty. He calls us to shine with patience, with loving kindness, with tenderness, meekness. With long-suffering, with love, He wants us to shine out in a dark, dying world, church, so that lives can be changed. He's telling us that in the midst of a dark world, we are to turn on the light of Christ. We're to allow the character of Christ to shine in our lives so that others can see God. Amen? Amen? But the reality is, listen, I'll say it again, it's easy for us to shine in church. It's easy for us to shine when we're surrounded by sunny saints that... All clapping, off. It's easy to come into the house of God when, when the worship is good and the pastor's got a powerful message and when, when the atmosphere is on fire, it's easy to shine when we're in the house of God. When everything's going good and everything's on the, the right track, when they're playing just the right song and the, the lights are just right and the mood is just right, it's easy to shine when you're surrounded by light. But what happens when you're all alone in the darkness? What happens when you alone are surrounded by a crooked and perverse generation? What happens in the crooked workplace? What happens in the middle of the crooked business deal? What happens when you're out there in the common places of this world all by yourself? Are you still shining? Are you still bright for the Lord? Please understand me. Listen. Your luminosity... Big word. Your luminosity is not determined in the light. Your luminosity or the degree of your luminosity or the degree of your brilliance or the degree of your brightness can only be determined in the dark place. If you want to see how good your flashlight's working, turn out the lights. Because until you turn out the lights, you're not going to know whether or not you need some new batteries or not. The reality is when the lights go out, and it it happens at my house, so I know it happens at yours. Lights go out, I find a flashlight, flip the switch, and nothing happens. And the reality is the same thing happens with us. We're out there in the world, and the lights go out. We try to flip a switch, and nothing happens. We find ourselves blending in to everything else that's there. We're lost ourselves in the middle of darkness. We we clam up. We shut up. We turn around. We run. We hide instead of turning on the lights. When perversion begins to populate our surroundings, the question is, are you light in the midst of that perversion? Are you light in the midst of those people are you light in your workplace? Are you light in the cafeteria? Are you light at the restaurant? Are you light? Are we shining or are we hiding, church? Don't, don't judge your brightness by how good you think you shine in here. You've got, to, you've got to judge your brightness by how well you shine out there. When you find yourself all alone with your neighbor... You find yourself all alone in the workplace. Pastors not there. Staff not there. Christian counselors not there. Your, your, your spiritual leaders not there. Your accountability partners not there. You find yourself in the middle of darkness. And Jesus says, there is where I want you to shine. There is where I want you to be bright. There is where I want you to cultivate the culture of the kingdom of God. There is where I want the character of Christ to be seen in your life. Because unless it is, everyone there will be lost. Everyone there will find their final resting place where they don't want it to be. I hope you understand the degree of the responsibility Christ has put upon us, church. What we have to understand is do we shine forth? The question has to be asked, do we shine forth for Christ? We're in the middle of that stuff, or do we get lost in the crowd? Here's what I want you to understand as I begin to wind this down. The only thing that separates you and I from this world, the only thing that distinguishes you and I from this world is our brightness it's the only thing that sets us apart listen you can come to the house of god all you want sing all the songs you want you can read your bible all you want quote scripture in the house of god all you want but when you're out there in that dark place when you're out there in the world if you're not shining there's nothing about you that sets you sets you apart nothing about you that sets you apart no way that the rest of this world can, can see a difference in you and them but you begin to talk about jesus You begin to sing a hymn. You begin to sing a song. You begin to testify. You begin to mention the the good work of God in your life. You begin to quote Scripture. You begin to pray. You bow your head at the cafeteria. You don't give in when temptation knocks at your door. You don't follow the crowd. You understand what I'm saying. You you open up your heart and, and you let the light of Christ shine in the dark place. That's what sets you apart. If you don't shine, if I don't shine, there's no difference between me and the rest of the world. I'm a scaredy cat. I'm a hider instead of a shiner. But God has called me to be the light of the world, church. I'm going to wrap this up. The reality is God is looking for individuals who are willing to shine in the shadows. He's looking for individuals who are willing to shine in the dark places of this world. In the highways, in the byways, and not just inside the church walls, like I said, he wants us to shine in the workplace. He wants us to shine in the classroom. He wants us to shine in our household. Amen. He wants us to shine in our marriage. Wherever it is that we go, please understand, God wants us to shine in the common places of society. Every day and everywhere. Amen. Not just on Sundays. You see, sometimes, I thought about this before I went on a trip. I was on vacation Last week, and actually, I don't even think I was here the week before, but last week I was on vacation. And every time I go on vacation, before I go away, I don't know what you do, but I set up all these little timers on my lights. Come on at a certain time, go off at a certain time. I don't have to be, but they're pre-programmed. Pop on at 7, go off at 8. Not on all the time, just designated times. And I couldn't help but think, you know what, we're just like that sometimes. Sunday morning, roll around. Walk into the house of God and just like that light switch on the wall, turn on our light. And we begin to shine. We sing, we dance, we move, we rejoice and praise God that we do. Because this is the place that we do that. But the saddest reality is, is far too often when we walk out that door and the lights to this house go off, we flip a little switch on our heart and we turn off the light of Christ as well. And we go to the workplace where there's people that need light we go to the cafeteria we go to the restaurant we go to the supermarket we go to the video store we go to the barber we go to the the nail salon we go move someone's house we have a patient right in front of us doesn't matter what you do there is always an individual that needs the light of Christ but we've become so accustomed to shine real bright on Sunday morning and shine real bright on Wednesday night. But God said, listen to me, you are the light of the world. And I need you to start shining out there. The day is evil, Jesus said. Darkness is upon us. And tomorrow, tonight, in a moment, in, a, in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, eternity could be faced facing every single one of us. And the question we will be asked is this, were you salt and were you light? Did you answer the call of Christ upon your life? Listen, if we're not a shining example of Christ out there, if others can't see him in our lives out there, If this world can't see our good works, church, if they can't see the new man, if they can't see the new creation, if they can't see the character of Christ or the the culture of the kingdom or the glory of God in our lives out there, then there's something wrong with our lamp. There's something wrong with our candle. There's something wrong with our fire. You see, the reality is there's some of us here tonight who aren't shining like we should be shining. There's some of us who aren't shining at all. We're letting the pastor do all the shining. We're letting the staff do all the shining. We're letting my husband or the wife or spiritual leaders do all the shining. We're letting other individuals do all the shining. There's some individuals here that need to have the wick of their lamp trend, church. You're burning a little dirty and you're leaving some dirty deposits. I don't know how many of you know old school oil lamps. There's a few of you. But you know as well as I do, whether it's a candle or a lamp, if that, if that wick is never trimmed, it'll begin to put out dirty deposits. It won't burn as bright as it should. It'll have a, it'll have a wild looking flame and it'll leave black soot all over the place. You see, the reality is there's some of us that are just like that. Yeah, we got a little fire going, but every now and then it gets a little wild. Every now and then it leaves some dirty deposits around. Why? Because we've not taken the time to trim our wick. We've not taken the time to trim back the dead stuff. We've not taken the time to to trim back the, the things that don't belong in our life so that we can burn clean and innocent in the midst of a dark and dying world. There's some of us who have been drained and they need some fresh oil. There's some individuals, you you go up, you you get out there every morning in the deep, dark place, and you you try to light the fire, and you you try to get it going, but it just won't light. Why? Because you're out of oil. You don't got enough Jesus. You don't got enough Word. You don't have enough church. You don't have enough oil. You don't have enough Spirit of God in your life. That's why you're not burning. That's why you're not salt, and it's why you're not light. But listen, it doesn't matter... Where in that scenario you find yourself, all of us, every single one of us, have to burn bright for Jesus Christ. Every one of us have been called to be light. Every single one of us have been called to be a candle for the character of Jesus Christ. Called to be a candle for the cross of Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight and you're willing to say, God, I want to be a candle for you. I want you to stand to your feet because here's what we're going to do. You know what you need. You know whether or not you're just not burning like you should. You know if you're not burning at all. You know if you got to do some trimming in your life. And you know if you need some fresh oil. But whatever it is, like I said, I think we all know we need to burn for Jesus. Amen? So as I pray, I want you to examine yourself. I want you to examine your light. I want you to determine for yourself where you are and who you are. And why you're not shining like you should be. Turn it over to God. Let Him fill you. Let Him trim you. Let Him reignite you. Whatever it is, call on God so that we can be the light of the world. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just thank You for Your Word this evening. I thank You for Your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your patience, God. I thank you that you are faithful even when we're faithless, God. That you always do what you say you will do even when we don't do what you ask us to do. So, God, my prayer tonight is that you would make us candles. My prayer tonight, Father God, is that you would cause us to truly be the light of this world That, Father God, You would ignite us, that You would fill us, that You would trim us, that You would do whatever You have to do, Father God, with this candle, God, in order for us to shine brightly in the the deep, dark places of this world. I pray, God, that even in the common places like D.L. Moody did, God, that we would shine bright, that we would elevate the thoughts and the lives of those we come in contact with. As commonplace as it might seem to us, God, let us make the most of those opportunities to shine because there's a life that's lost in darkness. There's a life that needs to, to, to find life. There's, there's a life that needs to find the way. There's a life that needs to come to the truth, God. Because the days are evil, let us make the most of every opportunity that you give us, Father God. Let us not be so consumed with ourselves, God, and with the temporal that we forget about the eternal. Make us fishers of men like you made the disciples, God. I pray that you would transform us, God. That You would refill us with Your Spirit and with Your power, God. That You would create an urgency within our soul, God, to be salt and to be light, to be witnesses, to be fishers of men, to a lost and a dying world. Help us to never forget the responsibility that You have placed upon us when we call ourselves Christians. So, God, when we leave this place, let us not turn off the light, but let it shine brighter. I pray, God, that as we go to work tomorrow, as we see customers tomorrow, or patients tomorrow, as we talk to someone even on the phone tomorrow, God, that your light would shine into every area of our lives. Help us to truly be salt and truly be light, Father, so that when we stand before you, we will be able to lay down those crowns of souls that were saved and lives that were touched. Bless us as we go. Bless us as we shine. Bless us as we make disciples like you've called us to do, God. I ask that you would forgive us for the times where we fail to answer the call. I ask that you would forgive us for the times, God, where fear has gotten in the way. Or that we've allowed, Father God, the darkness to even overtake us, God. Let us be light as we leave this place. And we're careful to give you all of the praise and all of the glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Can we bless the Lord tonight as we always do, church? Amen. Praise God. If you have a special need, i be happy to tarry and pray with you. Otherwise, my sole challenge is to go be light. Amen. God bless you as you go. We'll see you Sunday. Amen.